The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. Tottenham Hotspur postponed. West Ham United 1H. Tonight's song is... Maybe I'm living too long. I'm living too late. I'm living too late by the fall is what we're covering uh, tonight. Um, it was originally released July 7th, 1986 on a Beggar's Banquet 12-inch with uh, Living Too Late, Hot Aftershave Bop, and uh, Living Too Long was the B-side. And apparently the um, uh, the original like 7-inch promotion, promotional 7-inch uh, off of Beggar's Banquet uh, had um, Living Too Late on the A-side and then on the B-side was hot aftershave bop and came with a miniature bottle of hot aftershave bop aftershave which is pretty nice i wonder how much that goes for nowadays um or how it smells or how it, sm- <laughs> it was probably just some gin or something <laughs> um it this the song has ended up on uh the album ben sinister on spotify and on other like things uh, which is kind of weird. In America, it, it was released, um, let's see, I believe it was in America. Um, it was called the Domesday Payoff Triad Plus, and it had a bunch of singles um, from the era, uh, like, and then the original album of Ben Sinister. And then that got reissued together in 2019. The 2019 reissue has been Sinister and on disc one as a CD. Uh, and disc two is the Domesday Payoff Triad Plus with all the singles and B-sides from that era. And then a bunch of Peel Sessions and rough mixes and second mixes from uh, Ben Sinister. Um, ben Sinister just since we brought it up, since I brought it up, is actually the name of a Nabokov book um, that I have actually read that is actually really good. Um, it was released. Yeah. So you, have you read it too? I have. Yeah. Okay. So I can't remember a ton about it. Uh, I read it probably in like 2008 cause I remember reading it on the bus when I was working, uh, downtown. Um, and, uh, I remember it being, I mean, it's definitely a dystopian novel. It's definitely Nabokov, but I, re- I remember the story being much more like a Kafka book than a Nabokov book. But, um, but yeah, it's really good. Um, anyway, so is that's that been sinister. It's, it's, is that cause it's heavily surreal or it's heavily surreal. Yeah. It's heavily dystopian. Like I was going to try to read sort of a synopsis, but the synopsis even on Wikipedia is like four paragraphs long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's got it's like this guy who invents the philosophy and this other guy, uh, is ruling this country in Europe, and it turns out that the guy who invented the philosophy and the guy who rules the country were classmates, and the guy who invented the philosophy used to make fun of the guy who's the ruler. There's death involved between... In, yeah, it's just crazy. And um, at some point, like, if, if I remember right, um, the end of the book is like... Um, Nabokov as author comes in and says something like, don't worry, it's just a book. You know, like, (laughs) yeah, you know, like, don't worry. I know these people died, but they're just characters. So, you know, it's so it's like it is very like kind of 
it's a very postmodern book in in that way yeah. where he throws yeah. himself into the story. Yeah, definitely, definitely postmodern. Definitely, it's got a lot of surreal elements. And, um, Sounds pretty Russian. It's very <laughs> very Russian. Russian. Yeah. Um, anyway, but what we have tonight is a guest star who's known as Melissa. <laughs> and, sorry. Uh, only funny because Melissa's my wish. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps you did not know that I had a wish. Um, so Melissa, my wife, we were in a band together for a long time. Uh, we've been married for a long time. Uh, and Melissa was has never... I've played the fall around Melissa, but M- Melissa was never a big fall fan i guess um, i got little bits and bobs about it like sort of through as like osmotically and i think what happened was i read somewhere that he went to a sex pistol show and then and then immediately commenced on a, on a career in music is that that's kind of it well no because so he was at the manchester show but that manchester show supposedly like created a tons of, a bunch of Manchester bands, right? Like and right, yeah. The fall. Well, my, my problem is was at least that I just I was just in a place where punk, post punk, rock, any kind of anybody. <laughs> yeah. Being like I I just I sort of retreated from from that music just because it was it just kind of bad for me yeah it's like it's like a well it keeps getting picked up every five years by and that too i think i just 20 had heard had heard so many iterations of it rung out in 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 music in pop music that i was just like i can't i can't i and plus it it's such an intimidating History. It's so long, and it's so. Mars Blood Falls history. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and and just they go. It, there's so many evolutions. So many people passing in and out. So so many passionate fans who like know this crazy wayward discography. Like they somehow have a library that library in their head well yeah it was one of those bands where i could just imagine kind of sidling up from the back and some dude immediately yelling poser at me (laughs) 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 off into the dark because i can't handle that shit either (laughs) so yeah i think they're one of these bands that uh their fan base skews very male in that way where there's just you know there's a lot of women that don't get into them because of that intimidating factor because there's so many hyper fans who are dudes who are assholes about the whole thing well if you you know name your five favorite fall albums for some (laughs) shit like that it's like come on exactly i can't i just and especially where like i was telling Hiram, they're like bands that are like lifestyle bands yeah we're just (laughs) <laughs> a fan, but you're living in a van following them around. Right. And I mean, and obviously, Marky Smith was concentrating in one geographic area. Well, they, they did. I like, mean, they did tours, tours and stuff. But, but yeah. he was he was at the home base. Yeah. And and his art and worldview was sprung from you know those roots were always evident. 
Yeah. From my understanding. And so... Yeah, he was like Faulkner in that way where everything kind of takes place right. in one... Universe. Postage stamp universe, yeah. Right, so. and and so... I just wasn't... I just wasn't ready to go mentally <clears throat> live in that... Right. ...landscape either. <laughs> and now... and But listening to this song, I felt like I really... I mean... Well, I should say that also, whenever I was like, hey, you want to, you should do some podcasts with Bob and I. And then I, you were like, well, give me a pop song. And so I told you to do, to listen to uh, Entitled, because I could, I can never figure out what to say about that song, because there's, I really love that song, I should say, but I, I'm never sure exactly. And then you listened to it, but then you started, but then you listened to Living Too Late and decided you wanted to do that one instead. Well, they're both have been sinister. Apparently. Well, they're from around the same time period. Well, okay. They were, where I found them, they were classified as being from the same. On YouTube. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I think they're on the same, they're on um, the re-release that was done in Uh, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I only figured that out today because I had all that stuff from another album that got released in the 90s called the b-sides or something right. or the 80s or 90s or something like that so anyway so anyway living too late is what you chose because it spoke to you a lot more than entitled yeah no it's slapping in the face i it yeah. made me think it made me i really i really love my maternal grandfather like i was just really attached um even though I mean, I grew up. I grew up with my mom without my dad, and I always thought of my grandfather as my dad. And he had a very. And this is in Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn, so he had a very. Um, and he was from Russia. Eastern Europe. We're not sure. Oh right, we think, right. Sorry. We think Romania, but we're not sure. Um, he was very. My grandparents were very. Way to ruin my bringing all around. No, <laughs> no, my grandparents were really taciturn with me about their history. And by the time anybody could explain it to me, they were gone. And so it was, you know, my mom was gone. Like, nobody ever sort of clarified mm-hmm. what happened to them. But it wasn't good. So, um, so he had a very, he like, he dropped out of school in eighth grade because he was the eldest and somebody had to take care of the sibling and like earn for the family because they they had uh, immigrated he was in the first generation of immigrants mm-hmm. um, and so he, and he you know and that led to a very working class life just a very grimy kind of life where you're, where you're doing hard manual labor and the dirt gets etched in your face and the minute I read that line, I knew who, I knew the man he was talking about, which, you know, I don't know. I just remember, I, I just studied his face so much and I would, and I would look at it and those, and that's what happens is after a life like that is there just, there's just dirt increases that never goes anywhere. And you don't hear music from that point of view very often, especially from, I mean, he wasn't a young guy, but he was in, I'm sorry, he was in his 30s. I was guessing he's in his 30s. What do you think, Bob, when he wrote this, when they wrote this? I 
Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. So I think of it as like, I've thought about this book in, the, in a while, but Sherwood Anderson and Winesburg, Ohio, and this, and this deep like sensitivity and empathy that he has toward worldviews that he has never experienced. Yeah. Just one of those artists who can translate a life in, a, in like a portrait of a person. And this to me is just a very distilled portrait of a person. And the reason I want to do this song and not live too long is that I felt like it's brevity it was so powerful to me. So that was my initial reaction to it. It was immediately related it to mm-hmm. my, my granddad. I yeah. think that's the kind of life he wanted people to associate this with. Who, Mark? Yeah. Smith? Yeah, well, I think that Mark definitely has... I mean, he worked on a dock for a while uh, after what would have been high school, I guess. So um, he knew those guys. So he was one of those, and he was definitely down at the pub all the time. But, I mean, he also quit the dock to form the fall and never quit being in the fall mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so he's definitely a working class sort of dude i don't want to slight him on that but at the same time it's always kind of funny whenever mark was always mark would brag about like you know all the dock workers love the fall and like he would have they have videos of them in the 80s like at old with with like old people in an old pub like it's called hit the north it's, it's a song about the North of England. Right, right. Uh, so it, it always is kind of funny to me, like imagining the fall, especially in the early guys playing for a bunch of older people at, down at the pub. It's like, I can't imagine that went well. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, you know, but then again, I'm from Shitsville, Kansas, and it wouldn't, it didn't go well whenever me and my friends played music in high school. You know what I mean? Well, I, like our family was fine with it, but they had to put up with it. Yeah, so I don't know. There's sort of that that uh, standing up in the town square and yelling your piece kind of tradition. Well, in no. the northern, like I think that his style, his sort of speaking mm-hmm. style, would would go over big with a with a with an older audience um, who loves words and loves you know. That's true. I'm from the Midwest. Like balls. Like yeah. I think of him as a very ballsy. Guy. Midwest isn't quite so ballsy. No, <laughs> no, and that, I, and that's the reason I've always been interested in Northern England more. Is that it? Just I don't know. It's just there's this appreciation for the truth and for bluntness mm-hmm. and and for speaking your mind directly without artifice. And I feel like this song. I mean. For it's inventive, but it's n- nothing like mm. um, false. But it's not false. It's not show offy. Right. It's a. It reads as very authentic to me, which really did impress me as somebody with familiarity with this life. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you also brought up the country and northern. Well, you brought up the fact that it was like a country song, and I told you about the country northern aspect of the. Of the fall, and I played Melissa like container container drivers to let her know like there was 
they did some straight on like country songs and stuff like that. Yeah. So this made me start thinking was holy shit. Is this the first experimental country music I've ever heard in my life? Like I was trying to think. Where else? Where in whoa, whoa. It's okay. Where in the U.S. has this ha- like happened? Because you ask, like, if you ask somebody, um, like, what's your least favorite genre of music? Ninety-nine times out of hundred, they'll say, "Oh, fuck, country or rap." Yeah. Or both. Well, <laughs> I'm just, I'm like younger people. Yeah. I yeah. guess I should specify. It's like, and that's because mainstream, like, it's just so, it's so reactionary. It's so shit. I, even for a mainstream music supply, it's horrible. Yeah. But then you have these. Well, Nashville country's been horrible since the 50s. Right, right, yeah. right. But then you have these. Alternative, of course, imagine independent bands, but I swear to God, I've never heard an American country band with a freak out. With a freak out, <laughs> and it's kind of making me crazy in a way because I know he borrowed heavily right. from people like Johnny Cash, and I have to think he knew the high lonesome sound of the mm. Stanley Brothers. There's so much of a Stanley Brothers vibe I get from him, yeah. even if it's not a banjo or a. Like that high keening shit he does. Well, you know, there's that's some, like a weird modified yodel. You know what I yeah. mean? Or or like that hiccup in in uh, that hiccup in hillbilly music. Yeah, he does it a lot. Yeah, um, that that's really pronounced. Like that's if you listen to the original recording. I'm sorry, I'm going off in a million directions, but that's okay. of uh, which side of you are you on? You know that song, Robert. Oh yeah. Um, well, um, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a classic. I, I'm sure you did, but um, if you listen to the original, um, the woman who wrote it, there's like there's that hiccup after every line. Yeah, a lot of songs that that especially women singers, female singers sing, or have that beautiful kind of hiccup, and that I and I totally hear that in his voice in those freakouts. Yeah, I. And I I might be reaching. I don't know, but I I love I love that. I was like, holy shit, this is deconstructed country. Do people even say deconstructed anymore? <laughs> that's but what that's what it is. Nerds still say deconstructed. Oh god damn it. That's okay. We're nerds. Okay, good. <laughs> I think if you look at the songs that the fall covered uh, into the '90s and beyond, like he was doing, like. White Lightning and F. Olden Money, and he's doing these like very uh, country rockabilly type songs. These these songs that they covered around that time, which I think fit into the aesthetic of what the fall was, and I know that's where he was pulling a lot of this stuff from as well. Um, yeah, and I think there are those American type bands that have that sort of sound to it even today. I think you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, that label in Chicago, Bloodshot Records, has put out yeah. over the years. Um, I, but nowadays, um, I don't know. It's a lot harder to get that sound out of people and to make it very popular because I think most of the very the stuff that um, crosses over, if you will, the very popular country stuff that crosses over. I'm thinking of like uh, Sturgill Simpson or Casey Musgraves, yes. that Oral Peck guy yeah. that everyone fucking loves these days. <laughs> um, 
that it's it's also very it's all just of a piece of that sort of 70s nashville sound and is just yeah. really kind of watered down in, in in a lot of ways yeah. there's no real guts to a lot of it which i know some people might argue with me about that but i, I you know i think the the yeah the slavering worship of folks like you know Sturgill simpson and orville peck just blows my mind so it's like i i'm not hearing what everyone else is with this stuff yeah no um shit what was about to say um you know what's funny is the absolute ball like best cover or best original bluegrass or country i've heard in years is i guess that album's getting on in age but you know panopticon um he's like a one-man sort of death metal or whatever oh okay that sounds vaguely familiar yeah there's one called Kentucky or something, right? Yeah, the record is called Kentucky, and it veers between classic Kentucky folk, like bluegrass, or, and, and bluegrass all the way to like fucking death metal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's unreal. Like the songs go one bluegrass, one death metal, one bluegrass, one death metal, basically. Okay. And he uses a lot, he uses a lot of. Uh, like dialogue from movies, a lot of it from like Harlan County, USA, which you know is the best documentary ever made, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we just I just rewatched that, and Melissa hadn't seen it, so we watched that, and so we were both talking about you know the music after we watched that. Yeah, because when he came up with "What Side Are You On" is in there for a brief period. She is, and it just sent chills down my spine because it was like <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. It it that she was there. And and that you got to see her perform this song. It's I I can't think of where else that footage might exist. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've a lot of documentaries. I've loved a lot of documentaries, but that one just just absolutely. There's also okay. got me. There's also the John Sales movie Mate One. Yeah, yeah. John yeah. Sales is another guy I think of in the Sherwood Anderson slash what I see Marky Smith doing. Right tradition where you just yeah there's the definite sort of working class dude intellectual sort of art maker yeah who's very centered in a place like it's not just free-falling peripatetic wandering g kind of situation like the dude is from he has home soil and it's shaped him and and he's not ashamed or constrained right by that and yeah. hey, I I wanted to say one thing. I think that there probably were some countryish bands in the '80s who did have kind of freakouts, um, like some from LA, like Green on Red, might have had that kind of stuff. There's right. Thin White Rope. Oh yeah. Um, early Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, early. Yeah. So and like even so, like there are some bands they might not have had. I mean, Thin White Rope is more like. Um, they covered like sand or, you know, like uh, God damn it, Nancy Sinatra and what's his face, Lee Hazelwood. Like, yeah, Lee Hazelwood. They had that kind of sound, but it yeah. definitely is like psychedelic. Yeah, right. Country. I think like so, giant sand and like the whole Arizona scene kind of took a lot of it on. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you because now I have a rabbit <laughs> hole to fall down because that just for some reason that killed me. Yeah. When that- when that happened, I was strapping like, strapping field hands. Yeah, like oh, right. and got and drank the right, right. Damn it, the I, grifters. 
I can't remember that. I just re, re, I just heard about these guys. They were from Massachusetts, and it's like something bastards or something. It's, it's like strapping field hands, but not. And they were like they were they were all college kids at a private school into like you know st- stupid shit. They basically sound like a country band playing Sonic Youth covers. <laughs> it's, it's great. That, um, is, that is interesting. It's really good. So I'll I will remember their damn name <laughs> and say it at some point on here. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to say like there are some American bands who yeah. that stuff in the eighties. I think uh, I think we've we're we're hitting on something that I think we've gotten into before about this whole working class attitude of Marky e. Smith and and I think what Melissa was saying as well about you know artists like John Sales or, or, or writers. Um, I think that's what really sets him apart, and I think something you were talking about earlier about sort of the 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 breadth of the discography of the fall and how there's so much out there. I think says so much about that working class aesthetic, where he was just like, you just got to keep pumping out music and got to keep yeah. releasing these records because you know yeah. I've got you know I've got to buy <laughs> how else am I going to buy cigarettes and and you know pints down at the pub unless I'm you know putting out this music. And yeah. John Sales is a great example of that because here's a guy who, you know, did make movies for a long time, but was between those, you know, doing script doctoring work and, yeah. you know, working on treatments for scripts for people and writing books as well. So, you know, they, they can't stop. They can't sort of turn that off. And yeah. acting. Like he yeah, did and some, acting. Yeah. Some, some, he shows up in the weirdest films. So yeah. But you know what he isn't doing? He isn't tweeting. He hasn't tweeted since 2018. <laughs> I actually remembered that because when I found him on Twitter, I was like, holy shit, John Sales is on Twitter. Like, I was so excited. And <laughs> and then I realized after immediately following him that, fuck, he hasn't tweeted for like two years. Yeah. All I want in life is like a daily John Sales quote. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just love him so much. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I, I can't even think of it any other filmmaker who's who like shaped my worldview like he did mm-hmm. and his whole method of making art in general yeah. just, he, he he kills me everything he's ever done just kills me so yeah if you have any influence <laughs> get that man get that man excited Bob, about John. well no I've, i i interviewed him like uh what? Earlier this year, late last year, somewhere like uh, the book that he just put out, Yellow Earth, I think it's called. Oh, um, right. a book about you know uh, oil companies uh, yeah. moving into a community, and I somewhere in the Midwest, maybe Kansas, we might have talked about this already, and just sort of the, the the impact that that has in the community. And it's told from all these different perspectives, and so he was coming to Powell's to do a reading, and so the Mercury asked me to. Uh-oh interview him right. yeah i'm just oh no because <laughs> she because we missed them oh i didn't go either but yeah just uh, it was it was still just a treat to hear that man's voice on my telephone yeah i bet i'm really uh well going into the second verse um Hiram said that you guys bar, um consult doomsby.com for a lot of your yeah, the annotated fall, the annotated fall, and yeah. it's really good. It's I'm really glad it was there. But he, they um, transcribed the second line is well, the two lines together: sleepless, in control, spleen, um, a great ace, swill billy, not hell billy, but swill like drink, 
uh, Billy, like, goat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like Rockabilly. Like Rockabilly. But, I mean... Or Hillbilly, yeah. I just... One, I just, how did they hear that? Because I can't, I did not hear There was it. a book in the 80s or 90s that came out that is worth like hundreds of dollars now in which they printed all all of Marky Smith's lyrics. Oh. And so if if the guy who runs that site doesn't have that book, there are people who write in. Because I, I, there will be times where somebody's like, well, the blue book says this or whatever it is. Yeah. So I've noticed that happen. Well, I have to say it's an amazing portman. To I think that's the word when, mm. you, when you bring to. I mean, it's a playoff hillbilly, obviously, but the whole <laughs> the whole idea. Of, I mean, it's such a great thing to call someone who's a uh, drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark would know about that. <laughs> so I really, and that really to me fits in with the old school country western aesthetic I gotta think am I crazy to think he might have heard Towns Van Zandt probably I don't know I mean I just think of the starkness like he's operating in that stark vein of country and western like that unadorned that early Johnny Cash just like there's no frill here there's no hiding from this there's a voice there's a guitar there's just everything's in your face well early Sorry to be all... No, be... <laughs> I don't mean this to be that guy. No, be but, that guy. I don't know. But but I was just going to say, like, early Town Van Zandt is kind of adorned. Like, they couldn't quite uh, figure out what to do with him, and so a lot of the early records are adorned. Mm-hmm. And it probably wasn't until Live at the Old Quarter, which probably came out in late, maybe late 70s, early 80s, uh-huh. when it's just him with a guitar. Uh-huh. Um, it might have even come out been recorded then and come out much later yeah so i don't i don't know well so there's a possibility there i don't know it's possible i don't know i I would i bet more money on him listening to like stanley brothers or leuven brothers or something like that right right yeah i'm just saying that there's that vein that runs through that kind of i think of it i do like you were saying it's a dude's band it's like a hyper masculine Mm -hmm. like no just very kind of an unpretentious and very flinty kind of uh, writing, and even uh, even though it's funny too, I mean, "swillable" is just a funny word. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It's just it's also really stark. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, it's I I just I guess that's all I want to say. I just I I'm impressed. Perpetually by his like ability to to communicate a lot with these invented words and these little verbal slights of hand that he does. He's pretty good at it. Then I'm really nervous about this one. I I just I'll open the floor. Okay. Because when he says must have stump tripod in the jeans. Uh huh. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, what do you, what do you? Well, I don't think it's possible at this time, but it's like it's almost like he's saying he's got a chromosomal issue, you know? And like he's he's got some damage, uh huh, 
like at a cellular level. But I don't know if that's reading way, way too much into it. But what the fuck does it mean? Is what I, I don't understand is stump tripod. I could what? see it working on uh, on both of the, on two levels there. The one that you're talking about, and that he's uh, mocking the dude's masculinity. Um, right, right. And you know, using jeans oh. and jeans on both. You know, both uh, the. Oh sort, you God! Know. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's it. It's about his dick. Right. <laughs> Well, that could, that's part of it. That is totally it. Oh god! I was, I was also thinking. Oh, no, no, no. We should. Idiot. We need to leave it. Don't because I've had that happen a couple of times. Where oh, same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, but also the one thing I was thinking of was back in. Uh, I think it's in the song "Garden." That uh, it's an it's an older song by them, but uh, there's a. He's in the garden, which is like the Garden of Eden, and mm. there's the true god is there and the true god is like a pig who turns around and turns out to be a tripod pig like a pig with three legs right. yeah. <laughs> I mean like Mark just throws in shit sometimes and keeps referring back he's like self referential a lot oh so, yeah so, so so it really is kind of like reading Ulysses Melissa and I, Melissa was like part of the reason I didn't get into it is be like reading Ulysses and I need a concordance and all this shit right <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, it is. And I like, did, I did. It I is kind of like that. I had to go online and like, I was so relieved that the lyrics were there well, no, and, yeah, and yeah. that somebody had taken the trouble to define. You know, there's just this passionate audience, and I think that's so. It's kind of a lost. Well, a lost me, art yeah. of being a fan. Like that's a fandom state of mind. I don't even know how it exists. I, yeah, I know. Maybe it used, we used to have to get high as a 20-year-old and just sit around <laughs> with people. <laughs> Go this deep on shit. <laughs> then they invented podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Anyway, no, that's a good – I like Bob's point. It's about his dick and his jeans. So <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually. Well, it's just, it falls right in line with the self-deprecation of the character, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just love the line. It's so simple. When he says I'm immune to things in my dreams, I don't know. It's so basic. I just, but that's, that's, that is so. Well, you were talking about something like, I mean, part of this is the working class idea down in the pub, but also it's about getting old. Yeah. Obviously, and and we all know something about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so why don't? Because I know you kind of related this when we were talking about it, like this whole idea of like in your dreams as you're getting older, uh, you're way or you know you're way looser to be whoever you want to be or something like that. Um, I can't, I can't quite remember what you're. Well, thinking. you spend a lot a lot more time I think in the in a Walter Mitty kind of world if you're if you're unfulfilled and and a lot of people are just unfulfilled professionally well, that's true. romantically and it only gets more difficult the older you are to face those holes in your life and I think I just think a lot of people do resort 
to fantasy, not in a sometimes in a harmful way, but sometimes in a way that really elevates their life, you know, that that is shared or if acted upon would actually make the world better, but you don't have the tools or the time to make those things happen. So dreams, I mean, they just become a kind of refuge from, I mean, this guy's reality is obviously harsh and there's just a quiet sadness in that line that I don't know. I appreciate a quiet vulnerability that I like. Um, he just keeps he just keeps walking down this street, and whatever he sees, he says, and it just and it just every line brings so true to me, and I think that's why I'm so emotional about it. It's been a while <laughs> since you know I, I've, I've encountered new music that kind of made me feel like this. Mm-hmm. Or new to Mimi, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's just it. And then, and then it gets demented, and I love it. Then that's where that after that line that it crosses into, you know, I saw through the tree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which I'm insisting is a weird kind of yodel, or his take on a yodel, which yeah, who the fuck knows? Right. I I think of it too as like a uh, kind of making fun of like a crooner. Really? I saw it through the trees. <laughs> you know, like like some sort of like Marx Brothers film where where the the woman sings. Like, yes. doesn't that happen? That happens in at least a couple of them. Yes. And it's, and it's a gag. Kind of, yeah, it's a gag from Fodville or whatever. So I kind of think of it as that too. But I like I like your interpretation too. I mean, I think it is kind of and Mark does that sort of. <laughs> thing like that yeah that that weird hiccup thing that buddy holly and country people do and i guess i would believe it was more cynical if it weren't for the lines which are saying the poison river locks talk treacherous would be but still my heart is a rock i mean to me that's just that's quarry talk that's like doc talk (laughs) you know but also it could be the guy making fun of himself being so emotional, Mel- emotional and melodramatic. You know what I mean? No, I, I, yeah, no, I see it. You're, I, I do that to myself all the time. I know you're, you're quicker to see that in a, in a dude way. In, no, no, no. <laughs> it's your, it's a difference in aesthetic. We've always had that. I've always been more like, well, that's what he said. <laughs> I'm just, and I always, and I, and I tend toward the more fiction, yeah, the, fi- the I, I get more immersed in some fiction, and I don't really think about my head just doesn't go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the interesting thing about songs is you can actually the way you say it, right? Yeah, so. but you know, you say he's really self-referential, so it's easy to imagine like a self-mockery there of of this that sort of. You know, right? Rich lady opera, <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Miller, <laughs> like, uh, uh, right? So yeah, no, but I, it's so Northern England to me. Like that is so, but it's it's such a it's such a it's such a tough, bleak landscape. But that's where 
choose he chooses to make everything go haywire, mm-hmm. you know, musically. I like, think. He, oh, go ahead. I, I think, for, from my perspective, like listening to this song and and, and many other fall tunes, is that I I I, I think he has. Uh, a real problem with sincerity in that way because it is it is in a lot of ways a very sincere and poignant song but i i feel like he doesn't trust that in in some way and kind of has to fuck with it to um sort of upend this sort of poignancy and and this you know sincerity that he's throwing out here um even even i mean you know there's the 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 section of it that's like we was talking about sometimes life is like a new bar, plastic yeah. seats, beer below par, food with no taste, music great. So it's an amazing bunch of lines there, but he's just, you know, he loves just undercutting himself the whole time. See, and that's always, that's just, I know a lot of people find that aesthetic really entertaining and it's just like, I, I don't know, like earthy, like, oh, he doesn't think of himself too seriously, which is a huge thing in just being one of the guys is a huge, huge thing. My grandfather was definitely a, a guy's guy sort of guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, he, you know, and it's, you know, these are hyper-masculine worlds. You know, women just weren't in the pits. They weren't, in, in, in his day, they weren't dumping the trash like he was. They weren't working the docks like he was. So it's a whole it's a whole mode of communication that I, that is, that's definitely like a third or fourth language to me. I just, I always, I think it's because of him. I, I like, there were always these, I don't know, like you get angry a lot. Cause I think people who are in pain a lot and who have bad fucking teeth and, and bad bones and, you know, all of what accompanies a hard working class life. Um, you know, there, it makes you angry. Mm-hmm. It makes you angry. You're just angry physically to say nothing of the mental or emotional. And I just, I don't want to act like I have second sight or something, but I feel like, I feel like the real pain of that is all I can see, you know? It doesn't matter to me how it's. He may be undercutting himself, but it's sort of like all I see is just, or here is just the the pain of it. I don't know. I'm not. I'm losing a layer. I know that. I can see that. But it's just that's what affects me. I guess. Sorry. I'm, not at all. I, Don't. No I, need to apologize. I, I brought the room down. No, I'm trying to remember that damn band from the 80s. <laughs> um, no, yeah, sorry. No, that was fine. I I agree with you. I mean, I, that's the kind of people I grew up with, yeah. too. So, you know, it's hard to deal. It's hard to... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's hard to deal with, like, that kind of thing going on all the time and... And I know, like, I I don't want to be t- talking about myself and my own psychology too much, but I know I do that kind of stuff all the time and it drives you insane. So, you know, I can understand, like, why that would drive you insane because it, or why it would drive anybody insane. Um, and I really do think that Mark 
does that. I think there's, I don't know. I think that that's just the type of writer, especially someone who was in indie music at that time is kind of a big thing to do to yourself. You know? No, right. I know that. I think it's like to be mysterious and undercut yourself and make fun of the whole thing. And, you know, and, and like, you know, in some songs and early fall songs, he's like, the lyrics are him yelling at the band to stop playing a part or something, you know, like, right. or whatever. Um, and they just left it in the song. So, you know, like it's all part of the process it's and all an part of the same thing. And it's an aesthetic. Yeah. I get it. I just, that's not what I respond to though. With no, this. I know. Like yeah. it, it's, just, it's just a different worldview. I don't know. I feel kind of dumb bringing my grandpa up all this. Oh, oh. please don't. don't. No, I think that's great. I, you know, but that's, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just can't believe how much the song affected me. I wasn't expecting it. Uh-huh. It just was on a goddamn YouTube playlist. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, and I was like, you know, I should listen to more before I start talking about something I don't, I barely understand. And that was the song, and I yeah. was really lucky. Yeah, no, no. I think um, I think that's great though, because uh, I, to get that perspective from someone who's not been listening to the fall for as long as as me and Hiram has, or anybody else who's been on this show, and then to, to I loved that you brought that connection and that that like hit you on a very personal level because I never really thought about that before and. It's because most of these songs, like I have some personal connection to them, but it's mostly just you know, uh, you know, other fall fans like my brother and, and and my friend Ryan and stuff like that. So it's nothing like as deep as this. Oh, well, that that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Um, okay, well then, let me go on with myself. Do yeah. it. Do it. Okay. <laughs> well, then there's okay. Finally, going through the old parasite gate but there's a 24-hour clock watch. And the first place my um, my mind went was the Parasite Gate returning, you know, um, excuse me, referring to a shift in class. I mean, maybe it has, maybe the phrase has some meaning I'm not, um, I'm not familiar with, but I, I, did, I couldn't find one anywhere. Um, the whole idea of there's a parasite gate, but someone's guarding it for 24 hours a day. It just made me think of trying to ascend to a higher class, Mm -hmm. but there's always this, there's always a, a guard. I can't find the right word. A gatekeeper. That's it. There's always someone gatekeeping that, away from you and that's and that was an even more as 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 stagnant as class has become here you know in the 80s and it was crazy it was crazy and so the idea of ascending to a higher class or to somehow escaping the pit i just it had to be just like it had to seem impossible especially for someone with a life spent in manual labor, but mm-hmm. I could just get, that's just where my head went. Cause what the fuck else is a parasite? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I heard that, I was thinking like Mark, 
Mark was pretty hard on, on uh, bands that wanted to sound like the fall. Oh. So it could have something to do with that. But then what? And they might have made more money off of him. <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah, but he's still in the persona of this of this person. Yeah, so it but, doesn't make se- sense in that, does it? Or is he? Or does it not matter? I, <laughs> I, I don't think it does matter half the time. But at the same time, I don't want to. I think you're probably right, but I'm, I, that's just what it came to mind. Because sometimes lines don't make sense within his songs, and you're just like, oh, he's probably pissed off at someone in Manchester. <laughs> Or so, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. It just it would seem weird to me just because so far it's been such a faithful, no, no, yeah, immersed, that's true kind of portrait of a person that it seems weird. It, it just seems weird that suddenly with no real, yeah, yeah, but the, uh, I could, I, I'm probably, I, but you're, the, you're the guy who knows this band, I'm probably hands better than I do. I doubt it. <laughs> don't, don't, as, don't assume that you know what happens, <laughs> you know what happens when you assume, yes. All right. Yeah. Anyway, come ahead. sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I don't know, Bob. What do you think? Um, no, I love your interpretation of that line. Uh, that was one I was like, I had no idea where he was going with that. Um, just because you know, I think, I don't know, I think parasites that think of, of, of illness and, yeah. Um, it's you know, I mean, if we're talking about um, thinking about late, later, like you were talking about the beginning of it where he's, you know, can't wash the black off his face and they're talking about the cellars weren't evil black. If we're talking about like, think of this as like talking about coal mining. Um, I just think about people getting sick from that and talking about the, the you know, the verse before talking about the poison river um, and the heart being rock. I, I think of, yeah, just, you know, the sort of long-term illness of these people who worked underground and worked the coal, coal slag for, uh, you know, years. Yeah, yeah, and that really fits in with the the whole idea of living too late. Uh, I mean, it's living too long, obviously, is part of that. But living at the wrong time, living mm. at the in the wrong play, place for you to ever have a healthy heart. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, that's why I feel like it's. I like what you're. I I think what you're saying is is a better. Is better than. I think you're right. I think it's. I think it's about illness and and that kind of living so long in, in that kind of body that it just breaks down. Yeah. And yeah, and the heart is a rock. Obviously, has an emotional resonance, but also just a, the plain physical truth of doing that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Right. So. I am in agreement with you guys. <laughs> forget forget what I forget my interjection. Go ahead. He's too busy still looking for that guy. I gotta band. need to find this fucking man. I swear to God, <laughs> he's been on his phone for like twenty minutes. He's not. <laughs> anyway, it's not the heartless <laughs> bastards, is it? Huh? It's not the heartless bastards, is it? No. No. Okay. No. Never mind. I'm sorry. God damn it! It's it's like it's the. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then there's and then there's the gold verse that the one you you alluded to earlier. Life is like a new bar. God, this verse is incredible. So good. It's so good. <laughs> I, I'm here. What I wrote. This is perfection. I just want to point that out. <laughs> 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 the, 
there's some more, but I think that's really, um, I you know, and it it didn't just make me think of that the a life spent in bars, and it also made me think of just the de- feeling of decline. I think it's a natural thing as you age to feel like the world is in declination alongside you. You know that everything everything is sort of subpar, but. I, it just, it just, there just does seem a, a diminishing quality. Like we're plundering the earth. We've, we're exhausting it of its resources. And the shit we make to live in and live with is shittier every single year. There's just not enough mm-hmm. to, to make stuff that lasts longer than a lifetime, if that. You know, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's part of intergenerational intergenerational wealth is you don't have to buy a bed because the bed that your great 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 grandfather the earl of whatever bought um was the perfect bed perfection and will never (laughs) you know short of fire will never ever be a solid it will you will always have a bed you will always have a house you will always have these things because they're the highest quality imaginable. The only reason you can have those things is because someone else toiled, toiled like a serf or a slave for them. Right. Um, You know, and that you're this, and he's just coming to reckon with the idea that he's been, that it's his life that's been chewed up for the sake of a new fucking bar with shitty beer and that's and there's no where where is a legacy where is any meaning to having made that sacrifice <clears throat> when the world is just so empty. Mm-hmm. And it's the feeling if we're talking about this song is about someone getting older. It's that feeling of you know all this new stuff, this new technology, this new world, this new music that is coming around. It's just like this this isn't what I grew up with. This isn't what I'm interested in, and this is just sort of weighing down on me when I should be enjoying this, and it just feels like a fucking trial to get through this. Yes, yes. That's what I meant to say, too, is it's part of of aging. It really is. Yeah. Um, But it's all... But it's specifically part of aging as um, a person without much means. It's, It's even more stark, I think. Yeah. When you're without much means and you're having to live in the shit of life, like... You, you can't look around and see anything you want to give to your grandchildren. You, there's no legacy there. There's just, there's, you're just. Or you don't have money. You don't money. have money. Yeah. You've got cheap furniture. You've got a cheap life. And it just keeps getting, it just keeps looking worse and worse because the older you get, the less you're able to sort of be immune in life. You need to be, you know, to be immune, you have to be in your dreams, mm-hmm. you know, and Ah, that verse just that verse is so perfect I can't get over it it made me think of so many different things I ah, I'm just stunned by it it does seem to be the basic thesis of the whole song yeah I think it's just that's just what's so great about you know the fall stuff once you start digging into a, a lot of his songs there's so many different levels to these things and he's playing with so many different you know um 
so many different uh i don't even know what i'm trying to say here is he's just playing with all these with language in an interesting way he's trying to bring in all these different uh layers he can look at it and so from so many different perspectives so many of, uh, of the best fall songs yeah no i see that and i don't know it's just just ones like once talking was my favorite while but now I know a conversation's end before it's done. Mm-hmm. If that's not if that's not rocketing into old age and the, <laughs> and the, and the kind of miserable, you know, um, just the misery of living too long, you know, a feeling is as if that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Knowing how every every interaction you have with another human being is going to play out before it even happens. Yeah. And that's, you know, sitting in a cheap pub, you know what's going to happen. Or even a song, how it's going to play out. Or even right. a song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not so, one of his songs. Well, I think that was part of the, why he throws in things like weird choruses where it's just a huge freak out, breakdown, and he imitates Mrs. Miller. <laughs> or, or or one of the Stanley brothers or something. You know? Whoever it is. Whoever it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just wanted to say, like, I know that Melissa and I talked about this, but, uh, and Melissa brought it up earlier. She likes the uh, Living Too Late. I've always enjoyed the Living Too Long version of the song, just because of little touches like um, the instead of the kick drum going that dun 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 throughout it's like a tom or something and they reverb it out so it sounds like a heartbeat running through a reverb machine basically throughout the entire song um and it's a little bit longer and i know like the title's even a joke on this song being seven minutes long right but but i for some reason i've just always enjoyed that version more but you know i don't know but i enjoy both both versions and I, i i agree like I agree with what you said, like the brevity of it works out with how this song is about getting older, but also about how like life is short. Uh, and especially if you're working yourself to death, <laughs> you know, I, I just think with the, with living too long, I think he undermines the, the, the core greatness of the living too late version with, you know, there's this whole verse I'm looking at here. It's like my eyes, like two TV screens, continual open, feel no pain. I'm living again. Like, I don't know. I, it's it's fine within the context of the song, I guess, or within that version of the song. But, you know, comparing to living too late, it just doesn't it, it doesn't fit. You know, it just feels like this weird little, you know, sort of postmodern, uh, almost sci-fi interjection that does not need to be in the song at all. No, no. And, and the reason I like it is the musical aspect not the lyrical. Oh, sure sure so is it yeah. the sky was the color of an untuned channel is that the first line of oh i don't know is uh, it of living too long no 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 um let me look this up real quick okay hey i finally found the damn uh <laughs> band um uh, the band is called Supreme Dicks. That's oh, why I can Oh, okay. So they were like these Massachusetts private school kids who were into uh, the Grateful Dead, um, but in uh, a lot of clangy sort of, you know, I you know, kind of atonal, although atonal is still tonal, but a lot of noise, basically. So it was like Grateful Dead, noisy, 
eighties stuff. Um, so like slowed down, drugged out, even more drugged out meat puppet stuff. <laughs> Instead of the punk rock version of meat puppets, you know, it'd be like if they were all too high to move or something. So yeah, Supreme Dicks. I like them a lot. But they're they are kind of like on that weird freak out country wave. So yeah. To be continued. To be continued. To be continued. To be continued. To be continued.